Hey students, welcome to episode 21 of the Film Student Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Lazzaroni. My guest this week is Danny Marshall from the New Orange Cohort. Uh, I hear some call it Orange 18, so whatever you want to call it, it's the new one. We talk about the educational path from engineering to comedy, his early exposure to Blazing Saddles, and the comedic impact of The Golden Girls. I'm serious about that. It's worth listening to. On with the show. I graduated from college uh, a year ago, May, mm-hmm. and when the school was being announced, I was uh, it was towards the end of my junior year, mm-hmm. which I had uh, decided to kind of pursue comedy at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I came into college as an uh, engineer, as a mechanical okay. engineer, uh, and then switched over to the business school and was a marketing major. At, I went to Virginia Tech, and they called they called uh, um, engineering pre business yeah. for for the exactly the same yeah, reason. and then so many that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And uh, B school preschool, uh, <laughs> all of our, all of my friends make fun of me that I have a preschool education, um, which is great. Hey, uh, it's an education. It that's is, what matters. It is. It is. And it was great, and um, I loved it. But I wanted to pursue this while I could, while I'm young. Yeah. And the school opened up my junior year. Um, Harold Ramis went to my school. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I went to Wash U in St. Louis. Okay. And um, I had always known that he went, and I had been a, a big Ghostbusters fan, all, all of it. Um, yeah. And I just like the the idea of, oh, another nerdy Jewish kid like made it in comedy, which there's a lot of us, but still. Yeah, that's it, such, it's a, just, such an oddball uh, story that a, no yeah, one's ever heard I before. I know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it was nice. I was like, oh, I want to follow that. So... Uh, I applied. Um, I just, I just said I, 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 I talked to my parents, and they said, "Yeah, go for it." I mm-hmm. applied. Uh, like my finals had ended, while my finals were going on, I was doing all the application stuff. They ended like five days later. I applied, mm-hmm. uh, graduated. I had two whole days of not knowing what was going on. I got pink eye on the drive home from to New York <laughs> from St. Louis. I was a mess. And I have to go drop something off at my mom's office while I'm home. And I get the call from Julia, like, hey, you're in. And I'm outside. And my mom's coworker comes outside and says, you can come inside. You don't need to be on the phone in, in the heat. It's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really busy right now. This is like a, a big moment for me. <laughs> Please go inside. Please uh, go away. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, no, it was great. And yeah, I find, found out, had the summer to hang and, and moved out here and started uh, in September. So you uh, you were down in St. Louis uh, before this, uh, like just that was where'd you go to school? You said sorry, Wash U, Wash Washington U. University, in St. In, Louis, in St. In St. Louis, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So full name because it, w- it the name came from uh, it was established in 1853 on Washington's birthday, mm-hmm. uh, and that's it. Um, <laughs> it's that's not the only reason. in D.C. It's not in Washington State, and yeah. it's a thing that uh, every student and alum. Nuss of this university has to go through with everyone. Uh, well, then there's also Mary Washington, yeah. and there's there's yes, other variations. Exactly. There's all those Washington and Lee. All there's tiny that stuff used to confuse the hell out of me when I was a kid. Like I always thought that the Washington Redskins were from uh, the, the state of Washington because yeah. I, I I for for when I was really little I had no clue. Right. Like, of course. I knew the states. I didn't think about D.C. What could be called Washington and just leave it at that. Exactly. So, so, you know, just to confuse me. Yeah. <laughs> We're all dumb as kids. So what did you use for your uh, submission piece? How did you, uh, what did your submission actually look like for it? Um, I had written uh, a TV pilot 
um, I ha- I've had this idea for a TV pilot for about two years. Okay. And um, at school, I've, I've come, I, become ver- I became very close with my college friends mm-hmm. in the improv community, and a bunch of us started a sketch group together. Oh, cool. Um, and I made, and I lived with a bunch of guys who I'm close with, and, and blah, blah, blah. Another guy, we became friends uh, beginning my junior year, who's now my current roommate, Gabe. Mm-hmm. And we were teaching a pre-orientation sketch program and we just immediately hit it off we just never really interacted before then Mm -hmm. and we started um we started to write stuff together and i came to him with this pilot idea and we wrote uh, a draft of it and then i was rewriting it a little bit so i so my work sample is the first five pages of the very first draft of that show okay and then the cold open effectively yeah well yeah, cold o- yeah, exactly. It's yeah. the cold. It was what at that point I thought was a cold open, but cold open can't be five pages. I learned quickly here. <laughs> um, I, there, there, I feel like there's at yeah. least one series that, that doesn't Kimmy, play Kimmy the theme. this season has pulled off like a three-minute cold open because yeah. they've hit the jokes so hard. Well, and technically for their pilot, because the song is about what happens, I think the, the cold open for that one's probably longer than yeah. five minutes because yeah. it winds up recounting everything that happened. Exactly, the, yeah. In the time leading up yeah, to that, that's yeah, but so. yeah, I feel like there's other shows that have done that too. That they, oh, they totally. just had to establish the world far enough, and so sometimes yeah. they didn't have the entry theme yeah. until like close to the end of the show. Yeah, it's so interesting thinking back to like versions of things of even like r- reading first versions of if you have you like grab a script to uh, any early version of, draft of a pilot like the Broad City pilot, mm-hmm. uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, take the Friends, like they were different name just. And structurally so weird. And yeah. So different because you're like, oh, my God, that's how it could have started. Yeah. And we're here, like, take friends. And it's like <laughs> we're here 238 episodes later. And oh, and it all sp- came from that one episode. It could have been very different. So yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that uh, yeah, you're setting the pace for for something that needs to last for much, much longer than that. In exactly. some cases, uh, hopefully last much longer. Than right. that. So what's the what's the pilot? Are you are you willing to share? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I it's uh, about. Uh, it's called Boca Waters. It's about uh, four recent graduates um, moving and living in a retirement community in okay. Boca Raton, Florida, uh, which is completely inspired and lifted from my experience visiting my grandparents okay. in Boca Raton. Uh, I went every year for a week um, and started going in colleges like just on my own with my grandparents. And it's just a whole... There's just so much. It's It's really about... The characters really old souls, souls, and they're trying to find their way in the world of like that post-college limbo, mm-hmm. and realizing uh, this retirement community is just like college, except there's no class, and there's yeah. no, and there's more sex. <laughs> there's more sex. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that kind of thing. So it's really the, the mixture of the generations, and also the other group of characters are all of the employees there, which are a lot of South African, English, mm-hmm. um, Southeast Asian, uh, young people the same age, but just from a different background. So right. it's really the mix of age and ge- uh, geographical kind of differences. And yeah, so you basically get to write like Golden Girls for the modern generation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my pitch is kind of like, it used to be like uh, Golden Go- Girls meets It's Always Sunny. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of morphing into a little bit also of like, Broad City meets Gra- Grace and Frankie, which are very okay. similar shows about like two very like a great friendship between 
two strong characters. I need to watch Grace and Frankie because I, I haven't I haven't seen any episodes of it, but I, I keep hearing more and more about it. Yeah, so. I like it a lot. It, it has a weak season as every show on Netflix. For yeah. some reason, the second or third season is always really bad, but every other season has been really good. Makes me wonder if Netflix, because one of the things they tell us in, when you get to the school is, you know, um, I don't know if you had Cat for yes. for term one. Yeah, of course. Um, she talks about how, you know, have your your pilot ready. But be prepared to be able to pitch that as a feature or be prepared if they if they like the pilot, what does the season arc look like? All right. right. How do you once you get out of season one, what does season two look exactly. like? And it makes me wonder if Netflix was not that versed in asking those questions. Funny. If they if they were just very like, well, let's just see if we can get for one season. Right. They <laughs> they took um any of those yeah exactly they take house of cards and they have two seasons planned oh it's gonna be great and then the third season comes and they trust the guy just do it do the same thing do whatever you want yeah (laughs) so what were your influences coming up uh you know what what kind of stuff informs your specific comedic style you mentioned you do improv and stuff like that but yeah yeah um i'm uh, i'm a performer right writer performer Mm -hmm. um so I grew up as like a theater kid in high school and then did a lot of improv and sketch comedy. And Mm -hmm. so I love, I love, uh, and I took classes at UCB for three years uh, during my summers in college and then finished up right uh, before the program started Mm -hmm. and moved out here. So there's a lot of sketch influence. I I just, since, I don't know, middle school, I would stay up and watch SNL. So I just like a lot, like the dream, like I have that SNL dream as everyone does. Yeah. Um, so I love that stuff. But like growing up Saturday mornings, like my dad and I always were early risers and the three stooges were on. Mm -hmm. So it's like that kind of humor. And like, uh, first big movies that my dad, my dad showed me blazing saddles way too young. (laughs) Uh, and that, but like (laughs) no one regrets it. I I don't think my mom even regrets it because she's happy, but, uh, (laughs) but I, uh, I mean, the parts of it that I saw. I saw the fart scene very early on, I guess, the, right. with them eating the beans. But The stuff that that, uh, that yeah. makes the most sense for a yeah. kid to enjoy. It was, yeah, so it's a lot of, like, Mel Brooks, uh, that kind of stuff. My grandpa loved that. Both both my grandfathers were big influences on my sense of humor, too. Um, uh, one of them loved the Marx Brothers, and I watched those growing up. So I watched a lot of really old stuff. And then growing up, I started to really like... Um, um, the Will Ferrell, Adam McKay stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I just watch a lot of TV. I'm way more of a TV guy than a, uh, a film guy. So sketch shows, old ones, new ones. I started watching Monty Python Flying Circus, Portlandia, nice. any of these uh, kinds of uh, influences. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. But it's uh, but I'm, I feel I'm like an that's older. It's a, it's a much older influence, I guess. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like that's more common nowadays is that people's interest does you know you do have kind of disparity just because you have the ability to access anything exactly you don't have to die you don't have to go sit in a stand-up club to to watch stand-up comedy because there's whole networks that are dedicated to it now you know we we grew up in the age of like premium blend and stuff like that that you can go watch on comedy central and see a bunch of stand-ups all in a row if you really want to i still i still go back to some of those i bought uh the half hour stand-up specials on on comedy central on itunes and i still have like four of them and yeah. I w- I'm embarrassed like they're, they're the people that I bought are Daniel Tosh okay Frank Caliendo that one's not so bad Jeff Dunham okay <laughs> and Harland Williams Harland Williams I actually he's, really he's like. really funny I, I really like Rocket uh, Man have you seen Rocket Man uh 
I feel like I have. It's a bad movie. It is a hilarious movie. Well, it, have you seen Employee of the Employee of the Month? Uh parts of it. Yeah, the yeah. Dane Cook one. Yeah, yeah. I don't try to watch Dane <laughs> it's, Cook. It's a it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. That honestly, he had two big movies. It was that and um What was the one where the horse died? The one where the horse died. Harlan Williams was one where they're all smoking weed. Yeah, that that's a, that's that's employee of the month. Oh, that's employee with, of the month. With uh with him and Andy Dick. Yeah, and, okay. Yeah, and then uh um and then the other one was uh the one with Jessica Alba where uh Good Luck Chuck. Okay. Uh where where he whatever girl he dates uh, right, 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 right. or hooks up with winds up falling in love with the next man that she meets and uh so he meets Jessica Alba and falls head over heels and doesn't want to have sex with her cuz it will, you know, oh, he'll, it'll send her off after somebody else. And so it's a very 2000s movie. It's a very, it's, it is, it's a it very is. Mid-2000s movie. It's, it's very, it's very, uh, 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 heavily misogynistic. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I was talking to someone and I feel like everyone was kind of incredibly misogynistic. All the, all the movies, I mean, always, everyone was always misogynistic, but, and we're becoming more aware of it now, but, um, specifically the ones we grew up with watching some of these, I mean, we're watching, I mean, like, we watch Team America in class. Obviously, that's going to be terrible for everyone yeah. uh, and attack everyone. But there's some of these mid-2000s movies, Super Troopers, any of these that are just like... Yeah. But I feel like there there is a certain point where you hit the... Um, it's almost the Don Rickles inflection point yeah, where, where good, somebody can be, can be so aware of the misogyny that they actually wind up making fun of it in in what they're in what they're producing yeah totally and i feel like that's where like south park kind yes. of is no no no. i they, think they're they, there they're they're just so libertarian they're so yeah they real they, they know realize. everything that's going on and, and they're that's fine with that it's it's re-watching at the time we had no idea yeah we, we were kind of in it we were dumb but uh we're always dumb yesterday. <laughs> We're always dumber yesterday than we are tomorrow. It's the quote for the episode. Yeah, right that's there. fine. <laughs> We're always dumber yesterday than we are tomorrow. Yeah. Not that we get smarter for tomorrow. We no, no, no. Dumber yesterday. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's like exponential growth or anything, <laughs> but. <laughs> In fact, we're just gradually reaching a plateau point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where you'll just exist and and uh, eat and sleep, and that's all yeah. you really get done. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, what do you want to do with this? Now, you're you're in term three, mm-hmm. um, getting getting close to the to the finish line. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking at the calendar the other day. It's what mid August that we uh, we wrap up classes. Yeah, yeah. August so. is like seventeenth is the last day of class, something like that. What's What's next? <clears throat> what do you want to do after this? Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, the school did a great job of squashing expectations early because they <laughs> learned in, in a good way. They should yeah, have, yeah, yeah. they should have. But, um, I think a lot of us came in thinking we were getting writer's jobs out of the school mm-hmm. and it's nice to ha- be honest, but it also sucks. Like, oh, that's not how this industry works. It's not how anything right. works. Um, so, um, and it was really, I heard it was the, uh, some of the, original few cohorts really had these impressions as well, which is comforting to hear for us, but they kind of learned it the harder way more of like, okay, we're done now. What? And Mm -hmm. then, um, I'm planning on staying here for, um, probably another year or so. A lot of my friends are coming to Chicago. Mm -hmm. Some have just graduated and some are moving. Um, I have three friends in the new cohort. So, or, or potentially, um, they got in, I'm not sure if they're going yet. And, uh, so I want to stay here, work part-time and and just build the portfolio, write more, mm-hmm. do some more sketches or a web series of some sort, mm-hmm. 
Um, I haven't really done improv in right. a class or with a, in a show setting in a year, mm-hmm. just with this program. So do that. Um, but I w- I, where I want to go, I want to write. I, I ultimately would love to be a showrunner. Mm-hmm. Um, which means you got to sell the pilot to exactly, be able to get that. Exactly. No, nobody gives you a showrunner no, job. No, of course not. <laughs> um, but I would love to go up either the late night route um, mm-hmm. and write for one of the, any of any of the people who are going to be hosting shows by the time I can get hired. But um, my heart's really in New York. I'm, mm-hmm. I love New York. And I would move to L.A. in a few years, maybe a year. I, I still think I need time mm-hmm. either here in New York. Um, and I'd, I'd love to write for a sitcom or something and make my way that way. The like the uh, what Aziz did early on or Mindy Kaling or even mm-hmm. take like Joe Mand, these guys who were writers and then started having guest appearances on the shows they were writing really small, like townspeople roles. I right. The Parks and Rec people are very well rounded. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind That's of where, thing. like Donald Glover came out. Of, yeah, exactly. Uh, With 30 Rock. 30 Rock. Yeah. yeah. So and was a was a uh, writer bit performer and then uh, stepped up to community and then from that to Atlanta and, and yeah everywhere and this guy's the one yeah so point. so yeah I would love to write for a show and and kind of start to get my performing chops up there I see mm-hmm. myself more as a writer first now and I have in the last year and a half or two mm-hmm. um, but yeah would you see yourself trying to follow the second city path and try and do it like within the theater or is it is it trying to just stick to to film and and tv i don't know i love theater i love live performance um i I've, i like to write plays and do stuff and also do this the li- i love the main stage shows and stuff mm-hmm. like that i think the fact that i've invested my money and this whole year in the film stuff i think i'm gonna stick it out with yeah. this stuff if i didn't do the program and i went did classes at io and second city and things mm-hmm. i would probably go for that performer writer mm-hmm. to going from a stage but i think i'm going to start with tv and mm-hmm. film try and produce stuff that and yeah what yeah. uh um what do you what have you gotten most out of the program so far um it's it's all teamwork it's all it, you can't do anything on your own mm-hmm. you just gotta add, it's so okay and encouraged to ask for help because everyone wants to help because they're gonna make your stuff better and yeah. you're gonna hopefully make their stuff better but um, just don't be a dick and, <laughs> and work with people. It's just like really, it's just, that's how the world works. That's how the industry works. Yeah. But it's nice that I really love working with people and in teams. Um, so that I learned a ton, obviously. And then writing stuff. It was a lot of the structure that I started to have, but I wasn't sure of just getting things tighter. I tend to, uh, overwrite dialogue and I tend to hit jokes mm-hmm. so often that all because of how my personality works, I learned that my characters point out to everyone that they made a joke and then laugh at the joke that was being made and then make a joke about them laughing at that joke. Uh, and it's a very meta exhaustion yeah, style yeah. comedy. And, uh, and Terrence, <laughs> the first time I met him was in a, one of our end of session reviews. And he's just like. You have a whole page here where they're laughing at their se- at themselves. They can laugh, but they don't need to keep talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> was that in your pilot? Yeah, that was in the th- in the third draft of it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, and it was really funny stuff. I had some good references to of uh, uh, their two characters are in the locker room mm-hmm. changing, and they're and it's. At that point in the story, it was the girls and the guys are in the respective locker rooms, and they're seeing the old naked bodies, and the girls are very uh, 
like it love like free the nipple that kind of stuff and the guys mm-hmm. are like oh my god i've never seen balls hang that low <laughs> um and it was that type of thing where uh some i made some who shot jr reference some dallas reference that is so way beyond me that i was really proud of that like got la- that only got laughs from the teachers which was like the point but then i he's just like you're going a little too far and i was like oh you're, you're trying to write for two audiences because that's that's tough. That, and I am, and I am, and I'm learning that too with my short film. It's I'm writing it for myself and my friends, and I have to try and write it for a more general audience. You almost need to find somebody who's you know an old TV writer from from that era to yeah. to help you like punch up the the script and add some stuff in there that would that would really hit for it. Yeah, like exactly. that's you need to track down like somebody that worked in like a Norman Lear oh, like, yeah. writer's room. Yeah, <laughs> like, my hey. writer's room is just all in the family's writer room writer's room <laughs> but it's a bunch of wheelchairs and like well, four but mid 20 like, somethings going back to the golden girls theme like golden girls their writing their writer's room is insane there's a list of of like the shows that kind of spun off not spun off but right. were, were generated by those it's so by those yeah people, it's so interesting insane. seeing that web and seeing which writer rooms were the same yeah um and how, how many like it's it that goes down the path of it's not who it's not what you know but who you know exactly and it's also who it's like the Norman Norman Lear shows, and then it spins off, and you get it's a think about writers' rooms. I'm pretty sure the Mister Show writers' room is most of the SpongeBob writers' room. Yeah, which <laughs> is such amazing. A <laughs> which is amazing, but I'm like almost certain. I know. I mean, Tom Kenny obviously is right. in there, um, and what uh, Dino has done all the kind of stuff with Harmon and everyone i also love that so for uh um for norm's class he he's having us actually put together pitches to go to dino for animated uh series yeah is he friends with dino yeah real close friends apparently oh wow uh (laughs) so we have due uh later this week on friday we have due uh um pitches uh with some sort of an image to go along with with it and uh and a just you know, uh, uh, oh, Jim Fisher's style pitch for uh, for for Dino Stamatopoulos. That's great. I wish we never had uh, Norm. So but oh really? Yeah, yeah. We didn't. We our scheduling surprising, uh, unsurprisingly, got messed up with the school. But um, we never had Norm. Um, <laughs> but that sounds oh, that's that sounds fun. Yeah. So I I, I have no idea what to expect because I've talked to other people about it. Like we never did anything like that. So that sounds cool. But yeah, you know have no clue if, if it's going to get any feedback or anything like that. Like it could just, it could just, just be throwing s- it down. He a could silently just nod and with his star burns and walk out. Yeah. Just toss it down a well, mm-hmm. <laughs> never see it again. Um, I actually got to, I paid a guy to, to draw some, the, the artwork for me. <laughs> oh really? Good. <laughs> yeah. I'll show it to you. Yeah. Um, mine's a, it's a, um, anime ish, uh, style cartoon show about a, um, a chemical facility where this mad scientist is working and he working with a, a super uh, um, uh, volatile chemical winds up blowing up the, the, the test facility. And so all the test animals and all the uh, staff, all the, the, the night like janitorial staff and, mm-hmm. and custodial staff wind up getting mutated. Oh, and great. so it's the, the, the show is 
the custodial staff having to take on all these mutated animals and, and they're creatures. mutated as well right yeah and oh, they, they but they've merged with like their their tools so there's like a guy that has like floor buffers for hands and, and feet <laughs> uh there's another one who's whose mop fused to his spine and so he can flip upside down and fly across the floor oh great <laughs> oh that's amazing and and so it's it's completely a, random. Did, is there a character who's the butt the the bucket the yellow bucket that squeezes the mop out? Uh, no, but I'm thinking that that guy yeah. has to have that as a yeah, as like an accessory. Like sidekick or yeah, something. exactly. Yeah. Uh, I've got one guy that's got suction cups for uh, for hands and feet, like uh, like plunger suction, so he can, he can climb on the ceiling. Yeah, and, of course. Uh, another one that's a, a woman that uh, um, merged with a chemical closet, and so she spits fire, and so she carries around aerosol cans and turns them into oh, flamethrowers. That's, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> But uh, I sent it to an artist and I told him kind of just a rundown of, of those characters and like yeah. a couple of the animals that I had in mind. And he sent back uh, with like a gorilla with like um, like skinny guy legs <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and a rat that has an entire human head on the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Oh, God. <laughs> so hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, I don't it's it's insane enough. I think, yeah. but um, the other th- cool thing I liked about it is that it was a chance to do um, a lot of minority lead characters for it mm-hmm. because the entire gen- the entire custodial staff is going to be you know foreign born right U.S. people that right. that uh, uh, that are all just randomly working together because that's great. That's where they ended up in like South Texas or whatever. <laughs> that's great. Animation's so fun. It's so, th- I mean, it's limitless. So yeah, it's it's great. And I never took it seriously. No, I always took it seriously. I always enjoyed animation as a kid, obviously. You took it seriously as, as like an entertainment form, not necessarily so as like a, a, a viable thing that somebody could go do. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, especially to create, because I I was always like, oh, I'm, I can't draw. Why would yeah. I do animation? Why would I create this? I'm not going to, but yeah, I don't know. We, uh, Gabe and I have been coming up with a bunch of new pilots and one, we uh, an animated show is about everyone who's, died at sea mm-hmm. it's their afterlife so it's like this heaven atlantis or hell Ad- atlantis version uh hybrid yeah uh and it's about i don't we don't know if it's yet really early stages if it's a group of friends a family whatever mm-hmm. but um amelia Earhart's there <laughs> the uh jfk jr's there uh he's the mayor uh osama bin Laden's body is there but like he's not always there because <laughs> he was dumped there <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the string quartet of the Titanic still plays, so it's that kind of thing. That's amazing. Yeah, I have a I have a pitch uh, that I'm I have to uh, not a pitch. I have a pilot that I have to finish tonight to submit for tomorrow. Uh, but uh, that's a uh, um, Benjamin Franklin winds up being one of the main characters. Oh, I, I, I I pitch it as kind of like it's always sunny crossed with uh, um, crossed with uh, Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's it's time bar. It's okay. a bar that hurdles through time. Oh, that's great. And, uh, and the first person they pick up uh, is Benjamin Franklin, who winds up becoming just one of the members of the gang. That's so fun. I love crazy history shows yeah. of, of just of taking these real people and just messing with everyone. Have you seen that Dan Harmon uh, History Channel show that he no, did? No, I didn't. Uh, I can't, it's like, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but I watched like two episodes of it, and I, I need to go track down the rest. It's yeah. just, what is it? it's him and Spencer Crittenden just, oh, uh, so just like messing with with uh, with history by like bringing people back from the past and like having conversations with them. But the the machine that they use for it is like falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's insane. The story of Spencer Crittenden, yeah, is so great. Yeah, and just like 
I mean, I love Harmon Quest. I, yeah. I was one of the eight CISO subscribers. I was I was one of the other ones. Hey. I was one of the other eight. That's uh, great. Somebody else. Uh, who did I just have on? Um, oh, somebody else just on a recent episode told me they they were a subscriber too. So yeah. I think there's a there's a cross. Yeah. Uh, I, a I was Venn interning at there. NBC when I was in de- in development, and one of the uh, development execs I talk comedy with with her, and she was just like, "Oh, we're." Uh, we're starting a new thing. It's going to be great. And I was like, cool. And I got in the beta and I, and, and then I was like, oh yeah. And I did use it until, uh, I stopped using it. Yeah. It was gone. But well, and I felt like all the I was on it for, though. yeah. Well, and I, and I was, I felt like I was on there for two or three things. And when those were not in production or, you know, exactly. uh, I, I didn't have time. I wasn't always back on there. That was yeah. the tough thing. Like, I yeah. feel like if they would have had the volume of content that, um, like a Netflix does that yeah. is just strictly comedy based. I think it would have been a lot easier for me to to spend more time there because I spend more time watching Netflix just because there is so much other stuff. Yeah, like there's always something else that you can find on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think their algorithm is both annoying and brilliant at the same time because it's able to track down what exactly like, you want to watch. Yeah, and it will start to recommend things before you realize that that's like your perfect niche. Yeah. <laughs> That you're the perfect audience for it. Yeah. Uh, so what's uh, if if we were to to give somebody some advice, seeing as you do have three friends that are potentially coming into the yeah. program, if you were to give somebody advice about uh, either this school or just film school in general, what would it be? Um, I would say uh, show up. Okay. Um, go to class because uh, it's cost money and mm-hmm. all the events they 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 put them on for us and yeah go to those they're all helpful and useful even ones that that even if you don't recognize the name of the person go for it they're usually better than the ones you recognize the name yeah. for the person two, two of the ones that i didn't know going into it uh recently have been awesome and i'm just out of fairness to them won't say names but yeah no 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 <laughs> exactly the, the big names that we've had in the last year have all been not letdowns it's amazing to see these people but it's like i've read their book and then we just recite what their history and it's right so it's nice to see people we don't know. And then I guess I would say, like, it's okay to not, say, give 100%, but it can be kind of spread out in where you find your forte is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Comes in fits and spurts. Exactly. And if you know you're going to be a director, then then take those classes seriously. Still put the work in in the writing class mm-hmm. or in improv. Um, but you can. it's, like, very okay to lean one way or the other and, for me, more of the writing stuff or the improv stuff. So I'd say put as much effort as you can in, but it, once you like realize, oh, I know what I want to do or, or mm-hmm. I think I like this, then dive in further. Get to know the teachers better. Go get coffee with them. Have creative meetings with them. All that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, if people want to try and track you down on social media, follow you, uh, see what you're up to, uh, find out what happens with this uh, with this pilot. What's the name of the pilot? Boca Waters. Is it, was it Boca, Boca, Boca Waters? Waters yeah. So if they want to find out what's going on with Boca Waters, where can they go? Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I have a Twitter. I have uh, an Instagram. I barely use them. I'm really bad at social media. Yeah, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Stuff. My LinkedIn looks good. Okay. Um, well, that's because yeah. that's probably Lynn's doing as much as yeah, anything. Yeah, and business school. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm uh, I'm at underscore Danny Marshall on Twitter and at dmarsh925 on Instagram. I don't post too much, but I'm going to start doing stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 
behind the scenes photos of nothing else. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna start doing a lot of that. We're gonna have people on set for the final shoot. Nice. Doing all that. What is your final shoot? What's uh, what's your final project? So uh, it's three friends. Since uh, I'm editing it, I I feel like you should you should go ahead and pitch it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, (laughs) let's do that. Uh, A group of three friends uh, spends the day together. They're out to dinner, and they the restaurant won't split the check, so um, none of them want to lay down the money. So they decide to draw straws by literally drawing straws, and they end up spiraling into this big montage that leads into an art exhibit where they all have their interpretation of a straw up to decide who wins. Um, and uh, I've gotten a lot of feedback. It's dumb, but it's really about the friendship and about the evolution of of taking the minutia of friendships and blowing things out of proportion and how something really dumb can have such a long-lasting effect on a few people. Taking who can pay the check and turning into World War Three. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's actually that's it. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to it. Well, yeah. hey, man, I appreciate you joining me for. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks for having me. That was Danny Marshall. Thank you to Danny and to the Harold Ramis Film School and Second City staff for their help. The song on this week's episode was Quicksand by the Great Heights Band off their new album, Rad Pop, available now on iTunes and Google Play. This show is recorded and edited by me, Tony Lazzaroni. If you want to hear more from me and my classmates, teachers, and a few special guests, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you have questions or comments, send us an email at filmstudentpod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at filmstudentpod. And be sure to check out some of my and my classmates' work at filmstudentpod.com. See you all next week. Class dismissed!